Oh, hiya, Huns. It's Lucy here with a cute little party season message for you at the top of the show. Uh, we just wanted to tell you about a couple of great events that are coming up over the next couple of weeks, and we didn't want to miss this opportunity to broadcast them to you. Firstly, next Wednesday on the 11th of December, the Sydney Street Cafe are doing a lovely festive feast in order to raise awareness, support, and money for the Proud Trust. The Proud Trust do loads and loads of great work with LGBT plus youth in Manchester and the surrounding area, so any occasion to support them is a good one. If you come, you will get drinks, nibbles, food, an evening of fun, there's a quiz, a raffle. I mean, honestly, what more could you want from a lovely little festive time? So if you're wanting somewhere to go with mates to celebrate the holidays, or you just want to hang out with a bunch of like-minded people who give a shit about good things, then get yourself down to the City Street Cafe next Wednesday. Secondly, I just wanted to shout out that Fatty Acid is on again at Partisan this Friday night, the 6th of December. That is Partisan's in-house queer night. There's loads of great performances and good music and stunning great people. It is a wondrous time to be alive when you are at Fatty Acid at Partizan. I mean, honestly, guys, I'm just giving you such hot tips on how to have a great time this party season in Manchester. Honestly, I'm like time out, but from my bed. Uh, So, yeah, those are the two events. There is the Sydney Street Cafe Festive Feast on Wednesday, the 11th of December and Fatty Acid this Friday at Partizan, 6th of December. Get your tickets. Welcome to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Olivia Taylor. And I'm Lucy Cecil. Hey. Oh, hi. Oh, that was so warm. Oh, I'm very I'm very warm. I'm like a mulled wine. Oh, yeah. Okay, you be mulled wine. I'll be a sherry. Oh, that's lovely. Are you a dry? Are you a dry sherry, or are you more of a? Well, actually, a I didn't. I didn't sherry. know that there were really were like more than one kind of sherry. Okay. Or until recently, when I had to buy a bottle of sherry, and suddenly, for the person I was buying a bottle of sherry for, who was it? Uh, your mum. Yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like, does she like dry or sweet? I don't fucking know. So I got dry because that's what I know I sort of have had and what my mum has. So mm. I was like, mm, that'll be fine. And I knew that she would pretend she liked it no matter what. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't really matter. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be being poured into that Emma Bridgewater glass as we speak. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it is another week, another pod, and we're here back at the B-Works. We are, hello. You can tell by the softness that this record will have. I know. Yeah, it is nice to be back in a professional setting. Yeah, like we're being <laughs> stroked by kittens, but in an audio kind of way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so how's your week been? Yeah, it's been all right. I mean, I mean, I've just been trying to get over the fact that we watched the holiday um, together, and that only happened, what, two days ago? I never actually got your review because you had to go home as because you were too overcome yeah, by was, Kate Winslet yeah. and Jack Black's yeah. uh, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I loved it. It was, I think, as I said to you, though, an incidental Christmas film. Could have been at any time. It's basically just a rom-com. And therefore, like, loved it, but I would have loved it to be a bit more festive. It is, but it's real snowy. But they can't make they can't make LA very Christmassy because, by definition, it's not. No, I guess not. But no, I loved it, um, and we should watch it every year, like you said. Okay, how many um, Rotten Tomatoes or the opposite of Rotten Tomatoes would you give it? Um, I will give it two fry green tomatoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that metric. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been fine. Really looking forward to Love Actually tomorrow. Oh my god, I know. So excited. We're having the most basic week of our lives. <laughs> I told you, Christmas is my most basic time of the year, so I'm ready for it. Well, that was my living and longing for um, from last week. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what I'm living and longing oh, for you? this week. Great. Yeah. I'm just going to go straight in there because there's been some great news today. She knows the format. And what I am living for is that um, the Birmingham Primary School, um, Anderton Park, has um, basically 
the protests outside of it, demonstrating against LGBT inclusive education, has been permanently banned. Yes! So we agree with it. Yes, fifths up. Fifths up. <laughs> so it was um, a high court judge ruled today in favour of an exclusion zone to remain around Anderton Park. And it's been targeted by protesters for months and um, really, really glad to see that something is being done about it because we don't agree with it. We do not agree with it. So that is what I am living for and longing for on a sort of similar note as we look ahead to December the 12th. A better Britain, Lucy. Oh, that's interesting, Olivia. That, that kind of ties into my living and logging. It's as if we planned it. Almost, almost, but don't let people think that we planned any of this because mm. <laughs> it's not the case. Um, so I am living for, it's kind of a joint living logging, but I'm living for, I saw a, um, I went to a viewing of Knock Down the House last night, a partisan of, which is the documentary which follows Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and three other uh, primary candidates um, when they were trying to uh, rise into Congress against some like proper staunchy uh, incumbents. Great and documentary. Honestly, what a doc. The storylining of it is perfect. It like plays out like a feature film. It's amazing. I was like crying, laughing. I was like feeling all the emotions. Emotions. I loved it so much um, and it just like has like this amazing conclusion where like you know what's gonna happen but you still feel like you feel it so much which I think is like a good way to if you can get a documentary that does that then what more could you want um, I recommend to anyone to watch and it was just a lovely like inspiring and hopeful documentary um, of like a true story about power of like grassroots campaigning and about the fact that uh, if the people have a will and they there is a way then they live proper hard work and um, and a will to do it, then there can be the conclusion that you want. Uh, which brings me to my longing for, which is that I'm longing for each and every single person to go out and vote on Thursday, December the 12th, which is next Thursday when this comes out. Yeah. Um, so anyone who hasn't been living under a rock will know that we're facing a general election next Thursday. Uh, I would say it's the most important of our generation, um, and therefore it's really, 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 really important that every single person goes out and votes, no matter which way you vote. Um, I personally and proudly will be voting Labour. I believe that our country has suffered inexplicably under the last nine years of Tory austerity and they've, su they've served to make the rich richer, the poor poorer, and they don't really care what they're doing in between. Um, I think that a vote for Labour is a vote for a kinder future for the people of this country and for the planet, as I think they're the only party that offer a credible plan to tackle climate change and a plan which will reinvigorate our industry in the process. So that's something that I'm proud to support. I think that we have a chance of really creating a better Britain, as you said, by implementing real and radical change. So I just implore you to read up on all the party manifestos and vote for all of our futures next Thursday. Let us clink our Budweiser's. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and speaking of somebody else who I know who would like to get everyone out to vote, considering a very uh, poignant Instagram post just today. Mm. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our very special guest this evening? I will. We are joined by a real-life guest. There were three <laughs> clinks that you heard just now. And so this evening, um, we're really excited. We're joined by a very special guest and new dream pal, Sophie Galpin. Sophie is an extremely talented multi-instrumentalist who currently performs with music acts Soak and Self-Esteem up and down the country and indeed the world. Um, she calls our great city of Manchester home, but her Instagram account will make you dizzy with just how many different geographical locations she can get through in a week alone. 
Um, she's never not working on at least six musical projects at any one time, has played at venues from the Albert Hall to Glastonbury, and she has the whitest socks the world has ever seen. <laughs> Sophie, welcome to Queer Longing. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> oh. I want to get all of that on my CD. You're wearing the white socks right now? Yes! I wear the white so socks please. every day. Do you ever wear different socks? Um, not anymore. The white, the white socks, black shoes thing has kind of become my thing. My girlfriend hates it. Really? really? Yeah, she always like j jibes me about it in like a joking, not joking way. She's um, like, oh, you and yeah. those bloody socks, wear some different socks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, it's my thing now. I like it. It's like a uniform. Yeah, someone yeah. recently said that my friend who lives in Canada uh, said that she can like tell me by my silhouette and the sock dot martin shoe combo. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I think that's a compliment. A trademark. Yeah. I'll, tra I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all and it's going to be really easy to go in disguise now just by changing my socks and shoes. Yeah, yeah everyone will never notice it. You can easily just pass under the radar exactly. if you wear some brown socks. I'll be like, oh, look. It's Spike from Buffy. Oh, no, wait, it's Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, sorry, that's really bad. This is, like, really yeah, bad that's podcast bad, that's bad chat. audio chat. Yeah, bad podcast chat. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do some Instagrams. Yeah, to, yeah, yes, everyone can have a look to give, visual. Yeah, that all-important context. But um, hopefully we've given a bit of context in that introduction. Did I get that factually correct? Was that yeah. right? Okay, Yeah, all, I, I agree with all of those things. Yeah, just okay. call your Wikipedia. Brilliant. Um, well, yeah, we wanted to kind of um, check in with you at the top of the podcast just to sort of ask, how is life right now? Um, we know you're a very busy person and we just mentioned um, but what is your kind of current landscape what's been right behind you and what's immediately in front of you in terms of bits that you are up to at the moment bits okay so I'm on a tour right now uh, with Soak supporting the Lumineers which is an arena tour yeah, yeah. how was last night uh, it was amazing so Manchester Arena that was great because like, I've obviously been to the arena but I've never, never actually played there which was amazing and it was very Spinal Tap backstage like I couldn't find the stage it's so big it's ridiculous really? yeah it's crazy wow. like, there's signs everywhere but I was still just, like asking people I was like <laughs> at the risk of being a hideous stereotype like wh where am I going? yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I get onto the stage? which way to, to perform? Job? yeah and, um, and when is this going out? Um, next Wednesday. I have also now done the O2 Arena. Wait, it was oh, it was great. We loved it. Was, loved it. Uh, it was sure amazing. Was. It kicked sure off. Was, it was bananas. <laughs> um, so that's a pretty amazing thing. Um, so that's happened. Uh, and then in January, I'm very excited to be um, working on an adaptation of Wuthering Heights at the Royal Exchange Theatre. Yes, so very I'm, I'm going to be in one place for like a bit. Oh, nice. This should be really fun. Yeah. yeah. So what, what's your kind of role on the Wuthering Heights thing? Um, just so you know, I am going to see that on Valentine's Day with my friend right. from work. Gorgeous Hi. Galentine's Day trip. <laughs> yes. There's some like uh, really visceral theatre on Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, that's just me and that's how I roll. So um, tell us more because I'm really looking forward to that. Um, well, so my role is uh, I'm co-composing with my friend and the sound designer, Alex Faye Braithwaite. She's amazing. Um, so yeah, and I'm gonna be in it too, like playing music. So I'll be in every every single show. Wow! And um, my very good friend Becky Wilkie, who was also part of the Witching Way, which I was part of at the Exchange. Yeah, she's gonna play music too. So it's gonna be me and her on stage doing music. Um, and, but I'm writing it with my friend Alex. Amazing. Which one was she in the Witching Way? The other musician that wasn't the lead singer. Oh yeah, yeah. She Born had yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. She had the great hair, great. the great vibe. She's great, and yeah. she just had a baby. Really, Aww. yeah, a real cute one. Oh well, congrats mm. to you and your cute baby. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I guess the Royal Exchange has become a bit of a second home for you at the moment. Yeah, happily so. And I'm yeah, I'm excited to get my teeth into that in come January because I'll and just like be in Manchester for like two months, two and a bit months, It'd be really nice. Yeah, and I guess like for you. I suppose to a lesser or greater degree you can sort of live anywhere yeah so, and I do like, yeah. I've lived out of a suitcase most of this year but what is it for you I suppose that makes Manchester your home or makes you want to call it your home when you do have that time I think just the attitude of people the pace of life 
I love the fact that Manchester's uh, everything's happening here, but it's so manageable. Like mm. physically, you can walk from one side to the other. You yeah. know, Ubers are cheap. Living the cost of living is cheap. There's loads of places to go. Like when you compare it to London, which I love London. I love visiting. My girlfriend lives there. I'm there all the time. There for work. There for pleasure. But like, it's exhausting. And like, you can't just go and do something on a Saturday night and expect not to queue. Like, even yes. stuff like that. Oh. Oh. Tell us about it. Yes, I hate that so much. In Manchester, much. you can pretty much do what you want whenever yeah, yeah, you want. Yeah. And like, it doesn't cost you 50 quid to step out Yes, your door. and if you yeah. want to go anywhere in London, it's always 48 minutes away. In yeah, minutes, <laughs> always, always, always. 40 quid and yeah. like an hour away. At least, yeah, exactly. It's not the life Sometimes for me either. Sometimes you just want to go to Dishoom on the spur of a moment. Oh, Don't you just? All right? Don't you just? We all want a black You just want a black dog. All right? We all just want a black dog and a glass of okay? Fine. Yeah, I said it. I want to go to Dishoom whenever I want. Well, I know that we said that we weren't out to get any hot takes from you, but we've mm. just got that, so. Um. I think Dishoom, here's my hot take, <laughs> I think Dishoom should do reservations after five o'clock. Whoa, okay. <laughs> For less than six people. Whoa. I agree. Heard it here first. Yes, that's my hot take. I don't agree with anywhere that doesn't do reservations, actually. No. I, I always want to be able to reserve. That's asking yeah. for I reserve the right to reserve. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I, I work in Media City, probably one of the weirdest places to work ever. <laughs> and um, when we want to go for lunch at Wagamama, which happens every so often, if like anyone leaves, we go to Wagamama. Anyone's birthday, yeah. we go to Wagamama. You can't book at Wagamama. No. What's just, going on? Like, mm, I hope you can sign a bench with strangers. Yeah. Cool. I know. I've got an hour, and I need to eat my noodles in a prompt fashion. Yeah. So think <laughs> on. Um, but anyway, um, obviously many people know you in Manchester. So many from. <laughs> Thousands, hundreds yes. upon hundreds you were, you, you of thousands. Were, you were, you were, yeah, many, many people. people. But they do know you from Pins. Yes. Um, and you're not in Pins anymore. I'm not in Pins anymore. And what I wanted to know is, you're in Pins for a long time, obviously not in Pins anymore, but how does one project lead to the next? And how did um, being in a band from then being a session musician kind of come about? And how does it feel? Does it feel different to you? What was the kind of process behind all of that? Yeah, I was in Pins for, I think, five years, I think it was. Um... And I just got to a point where I I was kind of like, I think I would be happy doing something else. And that's I was like, okay, I think I'd be happy doing something else, so that's what I'm going to do. And that's kind of just like where I got to. Um, like I had some incredible times with pins, but I just felt like I wanted to do something else. And so like, like being a session musician is different because it's not your party, you know, it's not your baby and like your role is different. But I'm very lucky that like I got to the stage where I play people and even though I play with people and even though my job title officially is like session musician, like I'm, I feel like family to the people that I play with so mm. like so you can self-esteem like so self-esteem is kind of a relatively new project Rebecca was in the band Slow Club so she's been doing music for a long time but this pro project is quite young uh, the album only came out this year and Rebecca's one of my best pals and like going on tour with her is just like cackling every minute of the day <laughs> um, so like I feel like it's a pleasure to do that and and Bridie who is Soak she was touring with her band the other guys in the band are Tommy and James like she's been touring with them since she was 16 you know wow. that was the unit and like I, I at no point have I felt like I'm like penetrating a team. Like they just welcomed me in with open arms. So like I'm very lucky that both of the bands that I play with, like I have such a laugh. I feel completely at home. Everyone talks about their feelings. Everyone's very accommodating because like touring is a weird lifestyle. It's very unhealthy and it's very easy to like have a shit time if you're not with nice people. Basically. Yeah. So it's like, I feel very lucky to be doing that. And like, I think session musician is like quite a cold term, like, it implies like, oh, I'm gonna get my musicians union rates and like at five yeah. o'clock I am clocking off. Like you're like, removed from the process. Yes, yeah. like, which is not the case at all. Like I just spent a couple of days in Abbey Road Studios with Rebecca, self-esteem, 
doing a Christmas song. It was amazing. Like, I basically so got to like jizz instruments all over a Christmas <laughs> oh, song. Like, yes. Like, can you put this on? Can you do a guitar solo? And I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> you know, so like, that's, that's going to come out. And like, that was like my dream situation. Like, being able to do that with my best friend is like my job is insane. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm kind of like, yes, I am a session musician, but like, I think there is this new breed of musicians coming out it's like you don't, you don't have to be cold and soulless just because you're doing music for money like it very, makes it sound very transactional and actually like I will happily go over and above for the people that I'm working for because they're my friends and my family you know like and I think that is way more of a creative environment and like people get the best out of their musicians if they feel you know happy and valued and respected it's like a no-brainer you know Absolutely. Sorry, yeah, diatribe. No, 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 that was great. I, I definitely feel as well that with, um, oh, sorry, someone is asking no. us if we want a cake. Would you like a cake? Yes, yeah, I want a cake. Bring Open that door. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Thank you. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take this little one. That one's really nice. Just Can I have the really nice one? Yeah. Thank you. Like Oreo bits Thank you. Thank you. I'll have this one. Thank you. Okay. Well, let's look up, but we'll put you in as a special Let's use this moment just to do a test. And we're back in the room. Oh, God, okay, good. Um, right. Yeah. So what I was going to ask you um, before was, well, or just comment on, I think that what is so interesting, I know you're talking about the whole um, notion that session musicians kind of uh, can be marketed as being removed from what they're doing. Mm. But I think it's so interesting with self-esteem because whilst it's so obvious that that is Rebecca's baby, it's mm. her music, it's her songs, it's so personal. It's so, I feel informed by this really unique closeness that you all have as all of the women who are kind of involved in that as well and definitely like on stage that's so palpable to, yeah totally. to witness and it's gen- it's genuine like you can't fake that mm. you can't fake the chemistry and you can't fake the hive mind and the magic that that is and like i feel that which is why it's a pleasure to get on stage with those girls and token male mike uh every day like, <laughs> it's, it's amazing like going on tour with them is just so much fun because, like, like I said before, like tour, touring is a weird lifestyle. It's unhealthy, and if you, it's not, it's not for everyone. Like the the kind of lifestyle that I lead would stress a lot of people out. Yeah, you have to be very comfortable with uncertainty, very comfortable with change, last mm. minute change, travel, living out of a bag, like all that stuff. Um, but I think it also makes you appreciate what's actually important, which is just like people, basically, and nothing else. Like, yeah, like who you're with. Um, and just kind of trying to be present and and really drink in all of the amazing things that I get to do all the time, and try not. Um, be a negative Nelly and <laughs> take it for granted yeah because we wanted to ask about like how you sort of look after your mental health while on tour and stuff like that and you sort, you sort of answering the question that you need to like if you're surrounded by good people yeah. then it's going to be an easier yeah. way of doing that um, the way I kind of describe touring is like it's it's a really unhealthy way to live like you would never mix all of the things that you mix together on tour in any other situation I don't think so right. like you would never mix art money business travel booze Mm-hmm. like all of those things together like family relationships like if applicable romantic relationships like if if people are in a relationship within a band or whatever mm. like all of those things are just like a melting pot for disaster if it goes wrong and like you, you you're far from home and you're tired and little problems can become big problems when you're that yeah. tired and and all that stuff you know like you, you're mixing so many different walks of life and there is no hr you know like it's a completely yes. unregulated industry, so you have to look after yourself. Yeah. And I think, like, I try and look after myself because I'm 30 and I've been doing this for 12 years. Or, you know, I've been touring since I was a teenager, since I was still kind of, like, in sixth form. So, like, you just get to 30 and, like, you can't just drink 10 beers every day and just eat crisps. Like, you have to just, like, try and exercise. <laughs> you know, like, you have to try and, like, personally for me, like, I try and exercise, I try and eat, you know, a balance of 
foods like i drink you know but I, yeah. you know you can't just get smashed every night yeah shovel some green things down yeah there. green like get go for a walk get some fresh air see the daylight you know like just yeah. basic stuff and like i i love basic bitch self-care like i love a face mask and a bath like it just makes you feel better like, oh yeah stop. absolutely you know it's like creating the home wherever you are like just just the things that you need like making sure that you do that or have that and then you're, you're set really hmm Absolutely. It sounds like, yeah, like you say, you've been doing it for like 12 years. So you've had the practice of knowing what does and doesn't work and then like yeah. what works for you. And yeah. it's like you said, there's no HR, there's no regulations, etc. It's just each individual learning how to manage like yeah. themselves it's... in like such a bizarre situation every single day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes it gets you like you get, you know, like you get like premenstrual wherever you are. Like, yeah. And like you get tired wherever you are. And like and and like as much as I kind of said about being present and drinking and everything and taking in opportunities and saying yes to stuff, you also have to know when to be like, okay, like it's Monday and like, yes, this really cool thing is happening, but mm. also like, it's been a mad few days and I'm actually just going to get an early night. Like, yeah. is, like you have to kind of pick your party basically. Yeah, yeah. And like, actually, you know, and if you're with good people and you want to bail and they, like, they don't judge you for that and like, you know, you can just, you can play an amazing show but be like, okay, I'm not feeling the party night tonight. I'm gonna like save it for when yeah. yeah save it for the London show save it for the last night tour or whatever like but that's like, a hard thing to do when you have no Monday and you have no weekend in the same yeah. way as how yeah. us nine to fivers do yeah you have to like you don't have that kind of you have to self regulate everything um, and like you do get into a routine on tour even though it's weird like you have the kind of wake up travel sound check you know load in sound check dinner gig routine so like even things like going for dinner is like quite a big event of the day because like that's the thing that's different so like you don't want to just kind of eat like boring food like boring in terms of like if you would just eat like normal meals at home or whatever like you want to try local cuisine and you want to do that stuff but like also you want to look after yourself so like it depends and sometimes you get what you're given like if the venue are feeding you it's kind of just what it is and like you know it's even things like that like sometimes you also feel like stripped of choices so like choosing what to eat for dinner is like quite a big thing because you're just like told where to be and you just go there because yes. everything's planned out. Yeah. You have to be somewhere at a certain time and there's a it's it's weird because like tour is is constantly being on the edge of doing something but waiting ages to do it. Yeah. Mm. So you feel like you're you know like there's not quite enough time to go and do something properly because you kind of have to can't go too far because it might be now it, it might, might be, be now. like an hour's yeah. time. So there's like a lot of waiting but needing to be there waiting you know? always <laughs> yeah like, like something might happen now and it might happen in an hour but you kind of have to just be around so you can't properly immerse yourself in anything else mm-hmm. so there's quite a lot of that like there's mm-hmm. a lot of nothing but waiting to do something <laughs> and not quite knowing when there's something's going to happen when was your last holiday oh well you're you need to ask me the questions of the format and then i'll tell you about it okay <laughs> not to not to tell you what to do <laughs> but it's coming up there's something that i'm longing for <laughs> it's a holiday <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do need to ask you the same questions that we ourselves have answered. Yeah. So what, what are you living and longing for this week? Okay. Um, so this is basic, but it's big for me. I am living for Pinot Grigio. Okay. Um, I did not like wine. I thought it was disgusting. Ooh. And then I tried it maybe three weeks ago. Three weeks? And now I love it. Oh, you're so, okay. like, this is really this recent. This ha- just happened. Well... You are in for a treat if you are peeking at Pinot Grigio at the moment because yeah. there's so much in store for you. Yeah, I, like I oh, just yeah. thought I just have I've kind of a, a key kind of pillar of my identity is I hate wine. Okay, and now everything's changed. Oh uh, wow! I'm like glass of people Pinot grow, Grige. people grow yeah. and change. Yeah, like it's like I'm I'm 30 and now I like wine. That's what's happened. <laughs> wow. So yeah. like 
I love it. It's delicious. But it was disgusting. I remember how disgusting I thought it was. Yeah. Now it's not. Maybe that was because you were like having the four pound stuff from the shop at uni. No, I didn't drink it at uni because I hated wine. Like I wouldn't even drink it. I think it's fizz that's got me into it. Like having some fizz, I'll show them some prosecco. Yeah, the the gateway. Yeah, the gateway. The marijuana. That's Mm. what it is. Oh. And that is the title of this week's episode, my autobiography. Mar- Mar- Marijuana with yeah. Sophie Galpin. Yeah, they say I like wine now and I'm living for it. Like, it's because what I always didn't like about not liking wine, what I didn't like about not liking wine was... Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Is that when sure. people are like, you're at a meal and someone's like, should we get a bottle of wine and share it? And I'm like, I have a pint of wine. Oh, yeah. Like, you feel yeah. like I'm like a yeah. baby man. I still you know, do like, that. Yeah. But it's like, because <laughs> lager's delicious. Yeah. It's, we're delicious, drinking delicious it right beer. now. Yeah. 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 Clink. Clink. <laughs> thrice, thrice a clink. Um, but sometimes it's like a social thing where you have wine with the food. Yeah. Like, that is something that I couldn't. I haven't gone to red yet. I'm sure it's around the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it saves yeah. me for my 40s. Yeah. yeah. It's just, well, exactly. It's just around the river bend. <laughs> yeah. Cigar, bottle of yeah. Pinot Noir. I started drinking Roaring Fire. Well. I've watched a lot of oh, that. Oh, that's, that's very that. different then. Mm. That you, you truly have grown your taste buds yeah. if you're into both your, a Pinot your Bridge. Your palate is exploding. Yeah. I still don't. I'm not sure if I like whiskey on its own yet. I'm just basically watched loads of Mad What did you have it with? Ice cream? Okay. Whiskey ice cream. Classic. Whiskey float. That's what I want. Oh, God. No, I like Coke or soda or something. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. As a mixer. As a mixer, yeah. yeah. Like, I like it with a mixer, but, like, I want to drink it on its own because it's classy. I have two friends from uni who are always obsessed with, like, getting a whiskey at the end of the pub session. And, and, like, they were... And you as well, actually, yeah. Yeah. But I live with the two of them after uni as well. And they they were obsessed with me getting into it as Mm. well. And like I just couldn't, I just didn't care. Which for is it. weird because you kind of gross. Because yeah, but you love booze, so it makes yeah. it, it. It was weird for us yeah, well, to experience. Sorry that. to disappoint <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, the whiskey years. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just never go into it. I would always just have like a stout. I'd be like, that's my dessert. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is a yeah. nice alcohol yeah, dessert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have a pudding Guinness. Like, yeah. yeah, and they'd all be their, their favorite thing to do is just like prop, if you'll know when you're proper into whiskey when you're describing it as mm. like it tastes like certain things. My two favorites ever oh, were. God. Yeah, I know what this is. It tastes like dirty hospitals. <laughs> nice, yes. And a separate whiskey yeah. tastes like licking a brick. Licking a brick. And I was yeah. like, it tastes like fucking whiskey. Shut up. Leave me so alone. <laughs> I had a cocktail recently which had, it was like a mezcal tamarind. It was in Ooh, a fancy hotel yeah. in LA. It was really expensive and like, I didn't like it. Mm. But it was very, you know, when something you can only describe it with a, something very specific like licking a brick. Yeah. It tasted sure. like the smell of uh, like a medieval themed ride. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know what that yeah. is. It's kind of like a bit damp. Fake, so da- damp, like fake straw and hay and mm. horses and like dry ice. <laughs> yeah. It was like that. It was like smoky. It was like Jorvik Viking Centre or like yes. or like uh, medieval ride at Alton Towers. Yeah, that, yeah. that exact ride. Warwick Castle. That exact know? ride with like all, in the Jorvik um, Centre where you go downstairs and then you go on the little ride and then there's all the like little Viking people and you go yeah, along like really kids, slowly. Fake horses, straw, yeah. like sound effects, like dung smell. Mm. It tasted like the smell mm. of that and like conjured up so many memories. Okay, well, you're, you're already there then. Please yeah, write yeah. a song about that. And so that was your living, and what are you longing for? Holiday. No, holiday. Holiday. Going on holiday to Prague. When are you going? Uh, the 9th of December. Oh, oh nice. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm longing for that. I'm in need of a holiday. How long for? Like, uh, just five nights. Oh, nice, nice. I'm longing for a holiday. I'm like, I've been traveling so much. I want to go away. Like, so stupid. Like, just absolute 
bus person's holiday. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but um, holidays are important. And, like, it's definitely good to have something to look forward to and stuff like that. Like, and, yeah, and absolutely. Will your brain explode with all of the choice? Because unlike <laughs> previous situations, yeah. you will be able to go wherever you want for dinner. You'll be able to have whatever pork knuckle you want. Exactly. I'm like, what's the Wi-Fi code? What time's, <laughs> when, when are we loading ourselves into the restaurant? <laughs> Sound check. Oh, wait, I don't have one. That's cool. Yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be, I've never been to Prague. It looks like there's loads of cool stuff to do. Yeah, Prague's great. Cool culture stuff, mm-hmm. cool food, cool beer. All yeah. Good. Nice. So that's going to be you on holiday. Yeah. We've spoken a bit about your life on tour, mm. but I kind of want to know who are you on tour? So, like, if you imagine <laughs> that everybody has a role to play emotionally okay. on tour, yeah. who, so, sort of, where do you fit best? I know, obviously, you contain multitudes. But yeah, very yeah, we're not trying to yeah. pigeonhole you. But we are, so please, but we are, so please tell, tell us. us. I mean, it can really vary mm. from day to day, and I know it's like, such a boring answer, because it can be like, I'm quite logistical, and I'm quite pragmatic, so like I'm a problem solver, so if a crisis happens, I very quickly go into problem solving mode. But also, like I can be quite narky sometimes, and like, if I'm due on or something, like I'm an absolute mess, like, but yeah, I kind of, I, I do like, I'm a bit like tour dad, and okay. Then, like, dad gets a few beers, right? So, like, so I'm kind of like sol- problem solving and like getting stuff done and quite pragmatic, but then also sometimes just get on the beers, isn't it? Mm. And uh, I like it. You're like very... a... you're, you're a fun dad. Yeah. Fun dad. Yeah. I think yeah. You're the fun dad of tour. Fun dad of tour. Yeah. But also, like... you're sort of like a Vitruvian man. You can do anything. Of course. Yeah. I'm multifaceted. And, and that's what people probably want on tour. Yeah. You. Yeah. I think you have to read your surroundings. That's why. Like you can't just be like. Can't be like I am who I am and like take it or leave it. You know, like, <laughs> you can't be like that on tour because people will. That hate sounded you. like an impression. I won't yeah. ask of who. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. You know, very like, specific. Speak my mind. No, like, if you don't like it, like fuck off. You know, you can't. You have to adapt. Like you're constantly meeting new people. Yes. You're constantly making impressions. Like you just have to try and be the best you all the time. Mm. It's tiring because you kind of have to be on a lot. Yes. Um, so it's like appreciating the downtime so that you can like operate properly around other people. Yeah, especially I imagine like in the music industry, news travels fast and so do recommendations and gossip. So, you know, if yeah. you're in a mood and yeah. one person witnesses that, then that could have big ramifications, I suppose. Yeah. And it's like, again, small problems becoming big problems and then you look like a diva or something. It's like the small stuff matters to you on tour, but it doesn't matter really. Like, mm. <clears throat> you know, and I, I've not kind of worked with any divas or anything, so it's fine. But like, yeah, it's just kind of people like people want to go on. People want to hire people that they can go on tour with. So just don't be a dick. It's like any kind of job. It's like people want to. If people want to work with you, you're gonna get more work. Mm. Um, it's like my rules of touring. It's like work hard, be fun, be kind. Like don't be a dick. It's kind of like at the rule that you would live hopefully your life by yeah. anyway. Um, because it kind of doesn't matter how good an instrumentalist you are if you're a dickhead to hang out with. You know, because people will have to live in a van or on a bus or in a hotel room with you, you know. I kind of, th- th- I realised this year there was like a five month period where I don't think I was in a room by myself. As in like, wow. at all. Like mostly, it, it would have been fleeting. Because like if you're sharing a hotel room with someone in your band and you're in the van and you're in a venue, like you're not actually by yourself, even like physically, even if you're not talking to someone long time. at the other end of a gig room. Like yeah. you're still not on your own, ever. So it's like taking that personal space in order to function like a human person in whatever way. So that's like Ooh. exercising or like yeah. a run going for a walk, you know, phoning someone, you know, or like taking that physical space. Yeah. Otherwise you're just like, you feel a bit strange, but you don't know why. 
that's just my experience anyway. No, I can imagine that, absolutely. you just like, haven't been yeah. on your own for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get, like, microcosms of that just of, like, like at Christmas time and mm. I'm at my parents' house and there's, like, a thousand people there. And there's I'm just like, there's nowhere to go. And then, like, I start to feel odd and I'm like, why is that? You're, like, smoking and then, down the garden. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't even down smoke. by the brook, like... <laughs> I don't even smoke and there isn't even a garden. <laughs> But I do, I do, I will just like go out in the garden and like yeah. walk away from everyone or walk like out into like my parents in the middle of nowhere, so just like walk away yeah. and oh, then I'll just, just be like, yeah. and go literally anywhere. Yeah. I don't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. I don't tell anyone. I just leave. Nowhere you can nip out to. <laughs> no, there's nowhere to nip you out. Just do circus, circulating the perimeter. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like walking through fields, but whatever, it's fine. Mm. And then, yeah, and it is that thing. It's that thing of not having any personal space for long amount of time. Like, not, not good for people, I don't think. Yeah. So, but so if you learn to create yeah. it for yourself, you have to create it for yourself. Well, so, yeah, that's, so, that's a good like, skill. Yeah, you have to be protective of that stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Um, this is like very left field from the conversation we've been having, but it's all about touring and stuff, and I'm just okay. desperate to know what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten in like a travel context of tour. Um, maybe in an airport, maybe in a ferry station. Once, once <laughs> on tour, um, we were in like a. This is like years ago, when like it wasn't so easy to be a vegetarian, and I don't even think I was veggie then. But my bandmate at the time. Uh, had been veggie for ages and we went to a greasy spoon for a fry up right and he was like do you do any kind of veggie breakfast and they were like no and he was like could you kind of like freestyle something yeah so they did a great job and it was like egg and toast and beans and mushrooms and tomato perfect but they obviously they didn't have any like veggie sausages or anything so what they'd given him was just two spring rolls <laughs> and I was like like they've just gone for shape. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> maybe, like we need to create what? the form of a fry. Do you know what? I'm not mad at that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like so great that they just like been like what sausage shaped. What have we got in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Like, that is brilliant. I need, is I need brilliant. an edible cylinder I now. Literally, like, <laughs> like that's so. I just thought that was like brilliant. Like, it's not, that is good. It's I just love like that. not a weird food, but it's just so weird on a fry. Yeah, no, that kind of works. Like, mm. kind of works. Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant answer. It's not far off bubble and squeak, is it? Really? <laughs> no, and also actually, some veggie sausages do get are the essentially a spring roll yeah. exactly. without the pastry or whatever. Mm, you know, it's yeah. like a formed thing of ins- innards. I yeah. think yeah. the pastry sh- should be incorporated into a fry up more because that's the stodge that you need. So it sort of makes sense in that context. What, what are you looking for? A pork pie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like a like a. I think I think it a croissant. It, <laughs> Yorkie it's pudding. Do, Yorkie pudding. Do it. Yeah, it's fitting. Yeah, get some fried eggs in there. Get a sausage in there. Mm. Stunning. Why mm. not? I'm not. Sure about it. Why not take a crazy chance, Lucy? <laughs> I Why think, not? Do uh, a crazy savory, dance? I mean, sweet Yorkshire puddings are an untapped market. Oh, oh, well, the place down from my work that is the Yorkshire pudding place, mm. um, they do a sweet Yorkshire pudding. What's on um, the Isn't that a pancake? They put, though. It's yeah, like, it's, it's no, it's still a Yorkshire. So it's like a risen-y, rounded cylinder thingy, right. which they usually put like all your bits in, they wrap it up, and it's like, you know, like a Yorkshire pudding wrap. Yeah. This they do, they put like ice cream in it. Nice, no, I'm And like, it. you know, syrup and marshmallows or whatever. Yeah, I'm into yeah. it. I'm not sure about it. Um, I'm more of a more of a savoury woman, but yeah. I, I, I appreciate the ingenuity yeah. around that. <laughs> right. You want to take? Okay, yeah. Uh, that was your question? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <I never laughs> we are like a married couple. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mum was um, like saying um, again to me yesterday how like thrilled she was that she, you'd got her that present, mm. um, and then she was like, "Just be so nice if you and Lucy oh my could just." God. I was like, "Mama, stop it!" <laughs> my my mum thinks we're going out and always just asks me like if I'm. She's like, "Oh, I went to this thing or I did this," and she's like, "And who did you go to that with, Olivia?" <laughs> I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> 
so I, I know other people. One to two other people. Like, no, I did. Yeah. yeah. 100% <laughs> did. And now Lucy just gets invited to all of my family events. Yeah. Cute. Just as like... Podcast a girlfriend. Of course, yeah. It's cute. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. So this is why, this is why we, we bicker. Yeah. <laughs> no, babe. I think that was your question. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's Actually, fine. I think you're fine. No, no, it's You wrote fine. that question? No, no, carry on. Yeah. <laughs> right, so... Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of the artists and arguably the projects that you work on and with are sort of queer in some sort of way, mm. or there's some sort of queer element. Is it important to you to collaborate with queer artists? Do you find yourself drawn to them? Do they <laughs> are they drawn it. to you? Can't like, help it. What, can't you can't help it. Like what 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 do you think that is? And is it important to you to do that? Um it wasn't deliberate, mm. but it is important, I suppose. Um I haven't really thought about it. It kind of just I just gravitated towards people that I gel with and get on with and I think like being queer is that kind of community sub-community that you are drawn to maybe subconsciously yeah you know it's like just kind of like um i don't know you just gravitate towards people that you vibe off don't you and like i think sometimes queerness has that element of like community and i don't know it's like this sense of mischief i think that like (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah we know we know. know it's that kind of i don't know yeah, yeah it's, it's like it wasn't a de- not a deliberate thing at all. It just kind of is a very fortuitous, happy accident, I think. Yeah. But it is important to me and like queer representation is really important to me and I don't know, sometimes I'm like too, maybe too quick to jump on, I don't know, I don't know, like my girlfriend said something really interesting to me recently and she was like, just because it's traditional doesn't mean it's bad. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'm very quick to, like, jump on anything, like, heteronormative and anything, like, n- like quote-unquote normal. Yeah. And, like, sometimes yeah. I'm actually, like, maybe maybe I'm, like, I don't want to be that, ster- like, stereotype. Like, I don't want to be, like, a man-hating lesbian because I'm not, you know. Like, yeah. But I don't, I don't want to come across that way. Um, but sometimes I also have to, like, check myself. And, like, it's very easy to, like, bandy around uh, your kind of, like, righteousness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. It's like I'm on like a like a gendered language crusade. Like I want, I didn't even say busman's holiday earlier. I was like bus person, which is fucking stupid. But also like that kind of shit. Like I find it really filters down. Like that, it's the little things that bother me. Yeah. Like tax man. Like oh, the tax man won't like it. Tell like, me about it. A sound man. <laughs> sound man. Like, yeah. Sound engineer. People yeah. Like, but like it's really easy to do to be like sound man. Sound engineer, and then now I've got this joke with the drummer of self esteem where like I call everything engineer, like tax engineer, <laughs> <laughs> like fire engineer. They are tax engineers. Police engineer. engineer. Yeah. You know, like, so it's like, um, but like even stuff like that, it's kind of like the subtle not to get onto like a sexism and you know patriarchy diatribe. We're always happy to go there. But like, just that gender language uh, used repeatedly subconsciously around children is like it manipulates people into thinking what they can and can't do, or like mm. you know it's kind of. People assuming that doctors are going to be men and nurses are going to be women and stuff like that. It's like, um, I'm always on my high horse about it and I don't always get it right, obviously. Yeah, but whilst you say, you know, maybe saying bus person sounds stupid, like in a sort of a colloquial context when you're talking about a holiday. Yeah. Um, it, like you say, it does speak to a wider issue and it speaks to us as, I suppose, like 30-year-old people having to... It speaks to a wider issue, I think, of having to, like, retrain our brains in yeah. a way that children wouldn't have to. Yeah, um, exactly. It's like it's like wrapping your... 
your like, like linguistically wrapping your kind of mouth around when somebody is non-binary and you call them they. Yeah. Like just wrapping your kind of uh, grammatical logical brain around it. Like sometimes it takes a minute. Like when you're not used to it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that like that you won't get used to it, and it's it's also like your thing to get used to. Like, yeah. Like, no one has to. You know, like, and I also think that um, p- people are quite forgiving when you just get it wrong but you're well meaning yeah we, we always say it's the difference between the people who want to try and do it correctly yeah. for to respect people and the people who don't give a shit and who say like oh like what do you mean like saying something's gay well, like, is purpose, wrong or whatever yeah. like like I've I said that since I was at school like and I don't mean it at all to be like against gay people whatever blah 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 but like it's just what I say why are you getting up on me and my yeah. friends and it's like no but it's 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 about you learning listening yeah, and then exactly. t- trying and to change and, and doing your best to, like, to be- better yourself and better like the way that people speak about just it's like if somebody's like I would rather that you address me with them and they Mm -hmm. like that's my issue to then like uh, like not not fuck it up basically and just Mm -hmm. get grammatically get my head around it the same as like my housemate is a trans man and he was like if any he said to me he was like if anybody accidentally misgenders me especially like when he came out as trans but he hadn't um, kind of started the transition process like there were people that knew him before and then people that knew him now like they just kind of got it wrong out of habit for a bit and he's like I don't have a problem with anyone misgendering me by accident mm. whilst I get used to it mm. like it's when people deliberately misgender you because they're being yeah. abusive like exactly. there's a the difference yeah. between that and he was like I'm happy to talk to anyone about anything that they have questions about because that's how people learn mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's really important to just like do the best that you can and learn and listen and like you know I do what I can in terms of like gay stuff I guess <laughs> but then it's important like, gay that, rights but like gay stuff doesn't trump other stuff you know you have to it doesn't it's not the same like you know kind of the stereotypes and the prejudices regarding gay rights is not the same or comparable to anyone else's kind of prejudices prejudices or hardships that they felt it's like you you listen and like you talk about what you know and then you listen to the rest you exactly know what I mean? mm-hmm. yes hashtag intersectionality exactly like i would <laughs> never ever ever even try to weigh in on like race you know because it's not it's it, you know i know I want to, it's not your like, story to tell. It's not my story to tell, exactly. Yeah. So, like, there, that's when I shut up and, like, listen. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, and offer support and allyship, and I think that that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, and it's, like, it's up to me to educate myself about, like, using being an ally and then, like, but not, like, speaking for people. And it's, it's a really kind of hard thing to navigate in terms of all walks of life. Like, you want to do the right thing all the time, and you don't get it right every time. Like, yeah. By a stretch. And I think kind of, like... Almost, we're, we're sort of um, we're sort of symptoms of our own progressive bubble in a sense that like we're so wanting to be right all the time and to do the right thing mm. that um, I think a lot of people really struggle with being called out for getting it wrong and it's about yeah. sort of like having your guard down so that mm. you can accept that you will be wrong sometimes and that you do have learning to do. Yeah, and but then it's it's really like nobody wants to be called out. Also, I think and no, nobody no. wants to get it wrong. Um, but you have to get it wrong to learn, I suppose. And like, people get stuff wrong all the time in other areas. But it is, it's just, yeah, I can see what you mean. It's like victims, everyone wants to be the wokest, you know? Mm. And like, the woke Olympics. The woke Olympics, exactly. And like, um, and you don't want to just turn into like a, um, a society that can't talk about anything, you know? Because that's, that's how you learn and how you grow is how you do talk about stuff, you know? 
know what I mean? Absolutely. I know what you mean. And um, sort of on um, a semi-similar topic, I really didn't want to go down the road of like asking you a question about like because I get I guess you get this all the time and also like especially in pins about what's it like being female blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know so I'm not going to ask that but I'm going to ask something that's like a little bit adjacent to it okay. so um, I was reading an article a few days ago um, in the Guardian recently about um, because a lot of your music that you're involved in is pop yeah and um, about the kind of destruction of the female pop role model in music. Mm. And I wondered where you kind of stood on that mm. as a musician. And do you think that it's A, wrong for role models to exist in the way that they have historically in pop music and sort of adjacent to that? Or is it kind of like, is it a yardstick by which we measure the success of role modeldom changing in time? Like, um, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, kind of. Are you, are you kind of like comparing how the how female music role models have evolved or have like do they exist even yeah both yeah. of those questions are exactly my question yeah so <laughs> i think <clears throat> i think they definitely still exist um but i think they're under much more scrutiny now in the society that we live in and like for good reason like, so i think like so for example when i was growing up like the spice girls like mel c was a role model for me i hadn't seen anyone on tv that like wasn't wearing a dress, wearing lipstick. And I was like, I can identify with that because I'm like sitting in this like otherness. Mm. And like for me as a musician, it's important to be myself publicly, even though like I'm not famous, I'm not, I'm not a celebrity. Like I have a very limited sphere of influence, but like people do see me uh, doing what I'm doing, maybe proportionally more than other people doing their jobs. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, and you're standing on a stage sometimes in front of like thousands or tens of thousands of people. And I'm like, I'm going to do what I'm really good at authentically as myself. And maybe if one person sees me doing it and is like, I'm like her and I can do that, like then that is like my job done. You know, like I I didn't see anyone that I identified with doing what I wanted to do when I was younger. So I identified with men. Mm. So even with like, I was quite sporty. Really? A lesbian? Uh, like I was into sports. Um, <laughs> what was your sport? I did hockey and like football and I was just like quite naturally sporty. Like... I didn't do any sports past kind of like being a teenager, but I was always quite, I enjoyed it and stuff and, and music even like I had to, in order to get ahead, I had to position myself as this like other. So all the boys would be like, girls are shit at football. And I'd be like, yeah, girls are shit at football, but I'm not. And then like had to position myself as this exception. Yeah. And even when I was a teenager, like I would see girls like come up to play guitar. I was in bands and stuff. I would assume they were going to be shit until they played and prove that they weren't. And like, I'm a woman who is a feminist in the music as a teenager. And I thought that, like, what hope does like your just general teenage boy have? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I was in that world and I was like strong, a strong player, you know, strong instrumentalist, like good at it. And I still had these prejudices as yeah. a teenager in the music scene. Like that's how kind of indoctrinated to society I was. So like, I feel like now the, the role models are more diverse. You know, like I feel like, I had a very limited choice of role models, so I had to cling on to what I could. Whereas I think now, with the internet, especially, people have access to more, like, people like Rebecca, like, she literally gets messages about people being like, I've, you know, this has changed my life, like, this album has changed my life, or it's made me realise this, or it's made me do this. Like, people literally are, like, doing stuff as a result of this record that didn't exist and now does. Yeah. yeah. Have you noticed as well? I mean, you're in it, so you have. But, um... <laughs> Have as a huge fan of self-esteem, have you noticed just the difference between... So when, when the album first came out and then um, it's toured in Manchester, I believe, twice, that yep. album has. Yep. And it's like, 
it's so seismic, like the sh- the shift that everyone's sort of experienced at that last gig. Yeah. It's like everyone was screaming the words, yeah, and it means so much. People are relating, and people are like, no, I think that no one else is talking about really basic, relatable stuff in the way that Rebecca is, like the way that she puts it, and the way that people can relate to it, and 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 it reverberates and and strikes a chord is unique. Like, yeah. And I think yeah. that she's a genius. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's why I am. It is a pleasure for me, on every level, to like be associated with her and to call her my friend. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, we've she, she's changed my life. You know, like meeting her and like getting involved with this has changed my life. It's amazing. You know, and and the 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 support I feel from her and the support I give her and and all the people associated with it. It's like a, it's real. And it's true, and it, and we're each other's support network in a really unique way. It's amazing, you know. And like music's made that happen, you know. That is yeah, that's magical. Beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely. Aww, that's really it's, nice. It's, it's legit. <laughs> like it's it's you can't fake that, and that's why it's not just like being a session musician playing in someone's band, yeah. which exists and it's fine. Like there's people who like they have massive pop artists and they have people that just like they pay to play with them and they barely speak and whatever, and that's fine. And that's another world. Mm. But like I think that that there's like something else to be tapped into. It doesn't have to be clinical. And it also doesn't have to be like, you know, uh, getting paid in red stripe and crisps. Like you can live <laughs> off music and also yes. be having an authentic, creative, real time. And yeah, people can yeah. have different approaches to being a session musician, and this is yours. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like, there's there's people that they just want to play the biggest gig and earn the most money. That's fine. But like, I've never been that driven. Yeah. You know, like, I'd love to earn more money. Like, oh, that's fine. But like, it's not my sole driver. You know. Yeah. Like, there's other stuff that makes me more happy. But think of all the white socks you could buy. Think of all the Pinot Grigio I could buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we move on to Sorvy B. Um, <laughs> uh, you're sort of talking like um, in a sense of like a like a like a collectivism in music, like like approaching it from a a, a view of like um, we're all these individual people, but like we all want to do all these different kind of projects and whatever, and we can do that as different sort of little bands, but also as like on your own and stuff like that, and support each other through it, which I think yeah. is like a great way to approach music and just general things. Anyway, yeah. um, speaking of which, I've seen on your Instagram you have a link to Soft Lad, which I believe is yeah. going to be a solo project. What yes. can you tell us about that? What can we expect when? Okay. What's happening um, with that? I've made, I'm committing it to tape now. Yes. Wait, tape. Yes, to tape. Yeah, to reel to reel, let you record this. <laughs> um, I'm going to record an EP in uh, March or April, which oh, is my wow. plan. Nice. Um, I've never really done a solo thing, so I, that's something I want to explore artistically because I spend a lot of time, obviously, like making music with and for and by other people. So I had feel like I have some things to say. So it's just like basically at the moment me writing like emotional bangers. Yes. About my feelings and it. Oh, emotional bangers are the best. Yeah, just kind of um, got feeling things and things to say. So I want to do that. But I just want to do it by myself for a bit and just see what happens. Yeah, nice. Yeah, just, just that. It's like my I had this kind of like white hot ball of energy in my chest. I was like, this needs to go somewhere. And I was like, I just need to put the work in. I was like putting quite a lot of emotional labour into all the other things I'm doing. And I was like, actually, like, I think I have something to say. Um, and I think you should have something to say sometimes mm-hmm. to do that. And like I said, I kind of got to a point in my music career where I was like, I think it's time for me to do something now. You know, just I, I don't really have any kind of <clears throat> I'm trying to expect nothing and just do it for the sake of the art and the music and the all of it and just enjoy it. Like and, and just put it in the world and see what happens. So that's my under the name soft lad you heard it here first yeah love it i'm very excited for that i'm sure that will be a really good so you have obviously 
managed to surround yourself with loads of talented musicians over mm. the past couple of years. Obviously, you've been working as a session musician. Um, but as you know, um, every week we have a track of the week that we recommend ourselves. And we would like you to submit yours, if that's OK. What yes. is your track of the week and why? Um, does, it have to be, does it have to be a specific track? Basically, I can just recommend the album mm, yeah, The that's Power fine. by Nimmo. Did you oh, see them play yes. the theme show? Yeah. yeah. I believe there is a track called The Power from that record, but like any track on that record is absolute magic. They're like, amazing. They're amazing. Mm. Um, and uh, watching them play every night, on the, they support self-esteem on the latest UK tour, and like, watching them play those songs every night, it was just absolutely mesmerising. Um, they're such like a talented musicians, talented vocalists, really intense stage presence. And just like everything they write is magic. Like... It's really hard to pick a tune because like the entirety of that catalogue is amazing. Like, I just think if you make it a playlist, like, put the whole album on it. <laughs> like, okay, nice. Legit. Yeah, we'll do. We'll copy yeah. and paste that whole yeah. album. But yeah, we love Nemo as well. Big Nemo fans here yeah. on Queer Longing. <laughs> yes. Also, if you want a specific track today, for the first time ever, I heard the song "Cruel Mistress" by Crazy P. Oh, it was on the headlights, and I was like, "This is banging." What is it? And it was Crazy oh. P. I was like, "Amazing." So, okay, that sounds good. We'll okay. look into that as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know nothing about the track. Like, obviously, I know Crazy P, but like, I don't know anything about the track. But it was amazing. So. Nice. Yeah. nice. And if you can pick up like a song while you're having your hair done, I feel like mm. it's usually going to mean something. Because, yeah. you know, it's always a lot of noise in there, a lot of background and stuff. Exactly. So if you're and actually. A lot of shite they're playing yeah. too. So. <laughs> yeah. Olivia, what is your track of the week? My track of the week this week, um, oh, <laughs> it is um, <laughs> Champagne Coast by Blood Orange. Oh my god. Yeah. I've been listening to it on repeat over and over again. All I want to be is just like in. Um, an 80s teenage angst-riddled movie where I play that over and over again, looking out the window with one single tear going down my face. Absolutely. High school, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. 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 The, the, bit, the bit where he just goes, come to my bedroom, yeah. come to my it bedroom, was, over Speaking again. of, like, oh. exactly the situation you want to be in, that was used in Euphoria. Oh and yeah, for, yeah, like, yeah, an exact that, that, that exact that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it is uh, an absolute tune for that. Those feelings. Oh yeah, <laughs> all of those feelings. How about you? Uh, my track of the week is the new single from Heim, Hallelujah. Oh yeah, like it's just so lovely and really like sweet. And they all speak about like personal experiences of like friendship and loss, um, loss and loving each other and stuff. And it also is like a little bit Christmassy, which I love. Obviously, mm, it sounds like first aid kit. Yes, it. it does sound like yes, or absolutely. Like yeah, 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 absolutely. That's mm. a good shout. Um, so yeah, that is my track of the week. Um, so before we tap out, mm. we wanted to. I mean, when this comes out, it's going to be the beginning of December. Okay. So obviously, we're looking forward to Christmas, but we're starting to think about what 2020 is going to look like and mm. look towards a kind of roundup of the year that's gone by. Obviously, you've had an extremely busy one, so we wanted to do a little mini roundup with you okay. right now, okay. and. Um, First, career highlight of the year, and what are you looking forward to most in 2020? Okay, um, doing four shows at Glastonbury and playing the O2, two big highlights this year. Amazing. And just like, I got to go to America like three times. Wow. Like so much travel, international travel, like very lucky to do all of that. Um, And just basically like spending time on the road with amazing people was just like, I can't believe it's my job sometimes. That was the best thing about 2019. Sounds good. I'm feeling like very good energy about 2020. I was talking to someone about this. I was like, I feel like things are happening. I'm excited for it. I'm always trying not to wish away the rest of the year because I'm like very excited about January. Very excited to work on Wuthering Heights at the Royal Exchange. And then that kind of takes me up to March. And then I don't know what's happening after that. Like, soak in self-esteem writing. So like I'm hoping there's going to be more touring and more travel and all those things. So 
like the nature of my job is that it's quite ever-changing so i'm excited to see what 2020 brings all about goals in 2020 yes okay. absolutely like all about setting myself goals and like and and smashing them like i really like uh like weight training i'm into that as like, outside of music so i'm like excited to set some goals with that and like uh music and book goals actually read more books i want to read uh at least one book a week so i want to read oh, basically 50, 50 books and uh, I want to listen to 365 albums next year. That oh I've never listened to before. It's so like one a day, at least. Wow. Those are lots of goals. You're going to yeah, be busy. I like yeah. it. I mean, not, I'm not busy enough. But I, I do a lot of sitting also when traveling. So yeah. I feel like that's doable. Making it count more. Yeah, making it count. Like not just being on fucking Candy Crush. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> even if you're on a two hour train journey, like don't be on Candy Crush for two hours. Like be on Candy Crush for one hour and then read a book for an hour. You know, like just have it, you know. Absolutely. I love it. Easy. Musically, is there something, I mean, you've maybe answered this with the Soft Lab project, but is there something that you want to achieve that maybe you haven't had the chance or opportunity to do yet? Is that, yeah, like I really need to knuckle down. Like I think it's easy when you play other people and you get paid to do that to prioritize that obviously because you do that don't you like um but yeah my own creative outlet i want to make a soft lad ep i want to play some live shows that's my aim for 2020 nice yeah i want to launch that properly and um who do you want to shout out as a 2019 hero of yours it could be music it could be in other areas of your life but someone or something that's been um, a real sort of shaper to you that you want to shout out i mean i always want to shout out my mum Oh. What's your mum's name? <laughs> My mum's name's Nikki. Aww. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> Nikki Galpin, the ever-present Facebook presence. Oh, um, is she? Yeah, she like she she's great. Like she's always my my rock whenever I like. I'm having a minute. Yeah. It's like, you've got to shout out your mum, haven't you? Are you, are you similar personality-wise? Not really. I don't think so. We're not that similar. Um, but I, I feel like um, naturally, in terms of personality, we're not very similar, but she has like drilled in uh, quite a lot of personality traits that are really key. Mm. So I think um, without her influence, I would be quite wayward in terms of like being scatty and disorganised. Like I'm quite organised and people know me, I'm busy and organised. Like you have to be organised when you're busy, but like that is completely a learnt behaviour and it doesn't come naturally. Right, yeah. It's something that I've learnt because my mum has taught me that it makes my life easier, for mm. example. You know, mm-hmm. like when I was younger, I was still, I, I was doing the multi-instrument thing in like loads of clubs and like jazz club and orchestra and choir and hockey and all that. And like, I would be like in orchestra at four to five and then like jazz band five to six like across town and wouldn't leave any time to get there. And my mum would be like, how do you want me to make this time travel happen? Get a diary. <laughs> you know, like, and, and she's kind of like drilled in like, always oh, save some of your money, always be organized, stick to your first arrangement, you know, be kind to people. You know, like she's kind of, she's kind of, you know, I'm, I was always a bit of a whirlwind as a kid, you know, like leaving stuff everywhere and like losing stuff. And, and she's kind of like, kind of like taken my edges off and like made me into a functioning person, you know, when I could have just been like a creative mess, whirlwind, mm, doing too yeah. much, saying like, and when to say no and things like that, you know, like life skills that common sense, like was not, a, you know, that's a learnt behavior. Yes. You know, and people think it's like, oh, you're very logistical and you're very pragmatic and you're very organized. It's like, yeah, I had to be like, because my life's so busy mm. and like I have my mum to thank for that, you know? She's kind of like taken my galpinness and that made it into something that can function in society. <laughs> <laughs> that is a wonderful shout out. And finally, what do you want to do a bit less of and a bit more of in 2020? Um, more reading books. Yeah. How many books have you read this year? Uh, I've literally been on a book tip recently. Like, So I've spent basically no time reading, but recently I've read uh, How to Build a Girl by Kat Lamoureux. Oh, yeah. Um, Reasons to Stay Alive by Matt Haig. Yeah, I'm great. reading Hot Milk. Oh. Great book, but I'm reading that very slowly. I'm oh. reading Carrie Brownstein's book. 
Oh yeah, I oh yeah, that. yeah. Um, and good. I just interestingly started. Uh, so you've been publicly shamed by John. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Funny because I listened uh, to that. Something that I've been grappling with recently is like in wake the wake of the meat. Just very lightly touch on the meaty movement. <laughs> oh yeah, just here at the <laughs> last end. Last two yeah, minutes. Hashtag um, Where to put people that have been publicly called out for something? Mm, yeah, it, bo- it bothers me. That that book is really really interesting, and like I listened to it as an audiobook like this year, earlier yeah. this year. I talked about it on the podcast, but it's so interesting because it it was also it was done in like. 2010 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's like it's been even so much more so much more go- has gone mm-hmm. on since then. It's really interesting to uh, like visit it from now as well and think about oh that, that would be totally different now and this would also be has happened and like I think yeah. you'll find it really interesting. It's a very good, like yeah, good. It read. bothers me. It bothers me like mm. the trial by social media thing. Mm. I think it's got positives and negatives. Uh, one, like, I don't know what to do with people that have been publicly called out for something yeah. usually quite horrific, but also, like, are not in prison or dead. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where do you put them? What do they do? What should yeah, they do? Yeah, the balance is, like, a bit what skewed. What is the right thing? Yeah. Don't know the answer. Um, also read uh, The Compound Effect by, I think he's called Darren Hardy. Uh, it's kind of, like, full-on in terms of, like, American intensity of self-helpness. But, right, uh, yeah. There's some quite good elements of that. It's basically the, the concept that, like... Um, you are what you consistently do and that, uh, the things that make the most impact in your life are small changes done consistently over time. Nice, yeah. Which is quite interesting. Okay. I wouldn't want to live my entire life that way but there's some no. certain elements that you can take from that. Yeah. Like, be it what you will, like if you want to get good at an instrument or if you like want to do training or you want to change your nutrition and stuff like that, like the kind of small everyday things that you tweak that you don't really notice. He often compares things to like if you had a, a tube of kitchen roll and you took a sheet off it every day. Like, if you look every day, you won't notice. If you look in a week, you probably won't notice. But if you look at the end of the month, you need to buy a new roll. Like a frog in a pot. Frog in a pot, exactly. It's like the same kind of thing. It's like <laughs> the small imperceptible changes can actually be quite powerful over time. Yeah, so like interesting that. Good. Sophie Galpin. Hello. May your 2020 be filled with <laughs> green vegetables, Thank books, yeah. bands, yeah. great times. Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio. Yeah, Pinot Grigio. Maybe if you know Verde. If you get oh. Oh. Don't even know what it is. <laughs> That's my favourite. <laughs> and more stunning five day mini breaks. Yeah. Um, we are going to get kicked out quite soon. We are, so we're going to wrap up. You should make that into a feature. It, by being like, um, it's half past Honestly, yeah. he's lo- he, just, he just looked at us down the stairs. Anyway, um, I'll, do a, I'll do a it's half past seven, can you leave jingle for you? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. would you? Yeah. Oh. Nice. I, 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 it's committed to tape. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, to the tape. Yeah. yeah but, so before we press stop on this tape. Promise, <laughs> We've been absolutely thrilled to have you. We'll have you back on again with a bottle of Pinot Grigio. Yeah, yeah. Talking well, about your solo yeah. project. Okay, great. For yeah. Four, yeah. That. four hours uninterrupted. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, where can people find you? stalk you see your spikeness in all of its glory um i am at spark and so s-p-a-r-k-e-n-s-o-p-h on instagram and twitter i kind of neglect twitter a bit but instagram is probably the best place to find me and then you can find me onwards from there fab stunning yeah. thank you so thank much thank you for so us. much thanks for so much us. for having me and welcome. until next week we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until then bye, bye. Queering. Yeah, oh yeah, queering country file. Yeah. That's got to happen 2020. Yeah. Tree yeah. file. Yeah. Well, yeah. there we go. Okay. Right. Got us wearing going, people. Uh, oh yeah. You get um, a job in marketing, honestly. Well, you know, if I could monetize, like, if I could punnetize, that'd be great. <laughs>